Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of All the Hard Things. We are a month or so into 2024. Holy freaking cow. It is about that time where we start to, if you are one of those resolution go-getter people, it's about that time where we start to feel down or maybe we messed up, quote unquote, a little bit. And so now we want to just throw in the towel with everything. I really wanted to talk about how, now that we're a couple weeks into 2024, how OCD and anxiety can really bring up a ton of pressure when it comes to New Year's resolutions. So I think New Year's resolutions in general come with a lot of pressure to come up with one first and foremost, and then to obviously be perfect with it. And I think that's a pressure that a lot of people feel, OCD or not, but then you put OCD and anxiety on top of it, and it just exacerbates it and makes it so much more fear-based and makes it so much more urgent and desperate than it would be maybe just for the, the average Jane or the average Joe. So OCD can really tend to exacerbate during times of change. And also during times of self-improvement, I think this is why it's sometimes like any time that I am about to have a session with somebody, I will be talking to them and they'll be like, yeah, everything was great. And then a day or two before my session with you, everything went to shit. And it's, man, I think it's just me, but kidding, but not really. I think whether it's stress or just a, an emphasis on self-improvement or an emphasis of having to look inward in whatever way, I think OCD can certainly become exacerbated during those times. And it makes sense, therefore, why the new year and the new year's resolution thing would bring up a lot of difficulties and bring up a lot of triggers like fear of failure or pressure for perfection or uncertainty about the future. I know this has happened to me so many times and I'm not perfect with it. I still struggle with it myself. So just this feeling that I have to come up with a New Year's resolution or somehow I'm missing out or not trying hard enough. And even the resolutions that I do keep, it's this like false optimism that, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. And then as soon as January 1st comes around, everything is going to be different and I'm going to not mess up whatsoever and it's going to be perfect. And then there's an equal but opposite reaction of that where if anything happens, then it's okay, what's the point? I suck. So my New Year's resolutions have in the past been about fitness or about not binging late at night on cereal, which I can sometimes tend to do just out of stress. But yeah, I uh, even myself, like knowing enough about all these difficulties, it's still not enough to protect me from being super perfectionistic about it myself. So I wanted to talk about it. OCD, like I've already mentioned, right? It definitely comes up during times of stress, during times of change, during times of heightened self-improvement. So I really wanted to talk about some of the ways, first and foremost, that OCD can come up and where these triggers might um, be a little bit sneaky. 
So first things first, we have perfectionism galore, right? So wanting to do morning yoga is one thing, but wanting to have the perfect angle for your warrior two pose or it doesn't count, that's OCD trying to make your resolution a chore. This has come up with me or for me a lot in running. My friends used to make fun of me because we would be on a run together and we would be running a 5K or we would be training or whatever. And if we ran a, a track and or we ran this route and we thought that it was three miles, but my watch said 2.94, I wouldn't be able to just stop at 2.94. Like I felt like I needed to run the three miles. I needed to get there. Even if it was three miles and my watch was wonky or whatever, it's like I needed to actually, I couldn't have stopped there. So that was perfectionism. That's perfectionism for you. And probably one of the reasons why I don't run as much anymore, because that's perfectionism and how it just annihilates and jeopardizes the things that you love. Then we get into doubt central, right? So you might think about picking up painting or think about picking up some other type of hobby. OCD might chime in and make you second guess yourself. Are you sure about that? Are you sure that you're actually doing that the right way? Maybe you feel the need to redo something like 10 more times. And that's not you sucking at these activities. It's not you sucking at these hobbies. It's just OCD being pesky as hell. Then we get into decision paralysis, right? So it can feel like you don't even know where to start when it comes to setting a resolution because you're wanting to take on a new challenge, but you get stuck between learning something new or taking up cooking or saving money or this fitness regimen. And it's you get so indecisive that you end up choosing nothing. And of course, that's just indecision trying to take the wheel. There are a lot of other ways, right? All or nothing. So think of it as all or nothing thinking or black and white thinking. But like I had mentioned earlier in my situation, missing one gym session and now thinking that I'm just not going to go for the rest of the week or screw that entire resolution. It can just make you feel like it has to be perfect. You can also just have these unrealistic standards like setting a goal of reading 100 books in one year when last year you only read 10. If any of this is resonating with you right now, then you need to check out the OCD and Anxiety Recovery Blueprint. The OCD and Anxiety Recovery Blueprint is my no-holds-barred, real-talk, three-part course for action takers who want to gain control over their OCD and anxiety and take their freaking life back. It is truly recovery like you've never seen before. I made this OCD and anxiety recovery blueprints because I was sick of the same old vanilla recycled mental health content on social media, on the internet, and I wanted to raise the bar. I wanted to create a world where people could recover for good with or without a therapist. So the OCD and anxiety recovery blueprints, you could get it all together. It's over 100 videos, over 35 hours of content, but you could also get one of its three courses. So we have the foundation, which is level one. This is where you will lay the groundwork for your recovery journey and truly step into your therapist role and realize ultimately how simple all of this can be when you commit to the process. Then level two, we have the transformation. This is where you would learn how to prevent rituals, including mental compulsions, dismantling all those other compulsions that really, really trouble you. You will come to understand that behaviors and mental compulsions are yours to control and never the other way around. Then we have the end game. This is where you will bulletproof your recovery no matter what exposures or challenges cross your path. I want you to take your life back into your own hands so OCD has nothing against you. If you want to learn more about the OCD and Anxiety Recovery Blueprint, just go to www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com slash blueprint or head to the link in my show notes. 
I don't do vanilla. I don't do what's your subtype. I rip open the freaking curtains and take you into the inner workings of my mind and education so you can know this as well as I do. So again, to learn more about the blueprint, go to www.jennaoverbotlpc.com slash blueprint or head to the show notes and click the link below. OCD loves to set you up for disappointment by having you aim too high. And what ends up happening is it feels like that goal is so outside of your reach and so daunting and so exhausting for you to have to put that effort forth that you end up not wanting to do it. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Obsessive planning can definitely get in the way. So spending hours, days, or even weeks perfecting that New Year's resolution. OCD making you believe that every single little detail has to be set in stone. You might just constantly question yourself, like wondering if you are choosing the resolution the right way or for the right reasons. OCD has so many sneaky freaking ways that it can just get in here and and make it awful. You might overanalyze past resolutions. So you might be ruminating over that resolution from years ago that you didn't keep. OCD loves to keep us anchored in the past. There's also this fear of missing out. So if you are worried that your resolutions aren't like as good or as meaningful or as significant or oh my gosh, everyone else is having a resolution that means I must have to, that comparison game is OCD flavored 100%. You might also just feel overwhelmed with your choices. So feel like you're being bombarded by all the potential resolutions out there. And again, going back to that second guessing of every single choice, you might postpone decisions similarly, right? Thinking that you'll just start in February or I'll start when I feel better or I'll start when it feels right. That's a classic OCD move right there, delaying decisions in the quest for the perfect or the just right moment. And then finally, being afraid of commitment. So being wary of committing to a resolution because you might not see it through is OCD making you fearful of potential failure that, oh my gosh, if I fail, then I'm going to be so uncomfortable or I'll disappoint people and I can't handle that. That is just ridden with OCD and anxiety and doubt. But exposure and response prevention as a tool, as well as acceptance and commitment therapy, different principles and strategies can definitely help here. So when it comes to facing your fears directly and resisting the urge to engage in compulsive behaviors, identifying the rituals that you're engaging in, whether that is comparison or ruminating or avoiding, and we want to ask ourselves, what would be good for our five-year-from-now self, not what's good for our five-minute-from-now self? And also asking ourselves, okay, what does it mean to do something maybe 80% versus 100% perfectly? Because 80% well is going to be a whole heck of a lot better than 100% because that 100% is not achievable, it's not attainable, and we're probably never actually going to get started on it. Then we move into acceptance and commitment therapy, right? So accepting uncomfortable emotions or thoughts without judgment. So when you set a resolution and something happens a week or two weeks in or you know, maybe four weeks in and you missed a day or or wasn't as perfect the way that OCD wanted it to be, accepting that uncomfortable emotion, making space and being willing to have space for that uncomfortable emotion without judging it, without having to judge yourself or how awful you are or how you suck at New Year's resolutions and ultimately committing to values-based actions, even in the face of OCD symptoms. You missed a day of your New Year's resolution Instead of ruminating about it and avoiding completely and giving into that all or nothing, what would it look like to commit to values-based action, whatever that looks like? So as far as real-life tips for navigating OCD in the resolution season, making sure that you are just setting realistic and flexible goals. So I talk about SMART goals a lot in my digital courses. I think goal setting is something that we 
as people with OCD and anxiety get wrong right out of the gate. We tend to have the wrong goals. We tend to focus our goals on how we feel versus the behaviors that we're doing. We tend to make goals that are just way too outside of our comfort zone and just unachievable. So making sure that your goals are realistic and actually flexible. Making sure that you're having self-compassion with yourself during setbacks. So talking to yourself with the same tone and the same gestures and the same voice and the same style that you would with a friend. Something that's really helpful for me is I try to envision like, what if Eli made that mistake? Or what if that happened to Eli? What would, that's my five-year-old, for those of you who don't know. And what I, how would I talk to him if he were to do something like that? And it's just so interesting because the voice that I use with myself is totally different from the voice that I would use with my son. And it takes a lot of kind of practice and consistency, but trying to, even if it doesn't feel authentic, using that self-compassion back with myself the same way that I would with my son. And of course, seeking support, whether that's through therapy, support, digital courses like the ones that I offer, the other resources that I have available, and all of that good stuff. So reminders, even though the new year can bring lots of new opportunities, it's okay to move at your own pace. It's okay that it's not perfect. It sounds so cliche, but it's not supposed to be perfect. It's not supposed to be this linear, just one step forward always type of thing. That's not life. That's not the goal. That cannot be what you set yourself up for. You want to make sure that you are giving yourself compassion and just overall understanding that nothing is linear. It's all about those small little consistent changes that you're making day by day. And if you mess up here and there, you're with the best of us. So that's okay. So I would love to know what you guys thought about this episode. I literally, I seriously cannot believe that it's 2024. It will take me all year to get out of the habit of writing 2023 on all of my forms. Yeah, just be aware of all the different ways that OCD can come up. You guys got this. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what other episodes you're hoping for in 2024. It's gonna be such a great year. And if you need any other resources, head to the show notes. You can find my digital courses there, the OCD and Anxiety Recovery Blueprint, plus the three mini courses that it contains, the foundation, the transformation, the end game. There's such a super uh, supportive community there waiting for you, regardless of what course that you purchase. And I cannot wait to see you inside. All right, guys, see you next week. Until then, I'm your host, Jenna. Keep doing all the hard things. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in and until next time, keep doing all the hard things.